0: Welcome back, everyone, to our latest episode of High School Transcript. This is your host, Rowan, joined here today by my two co-hosts. I'm Braden, and here with Mrs. Larios, a four-year teacher here at Lakeside.
1: And I'm Bailey, and we're here to talk about Miss Larios's high school experience and later her career path to become a teacher.
0: We hope you guys enjoy giving it a listen. It wasn't very long.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> it wasn't. Is, that was like the minutes
1: that it took me to complete that? Yeah. yeah it's minute. just time to complete. <laughs> it's so, like, yeah, that was... 1,264. Hey, that's <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, well, at least you I did like it to
0: though. set records. Yes, at least she did it. <laughs> at least you did it. Um. All right. All right. So, starting off, what were you like in high school? Ooh. Um.
2: I wasn't a nerd, but I wasn't super popular either. So I think that um, I just I had friends. Most most of my friends were athletes. Most of my friends were boys. It was a lot easier than having friends that were girls. I'm sure you guys can kind of relate. Um. I just did the norm. Well, what was the norm in the eighties and the nineties? Not necessarily what was the norm now, but, um, just normal. Did you play sports? I did. I played softball. I played one year of basketball. I was terrible at bas like terrible at basketball. I was the worst basketball player I think that ever walked on the court. Um, as a matter of fact, I dribbled underneath the basket and tried to shoot from, outside of the basket in a, a game like an actual game and he continued <laughs> to play me so i don't know if it was for comic relief or just, for, just for the fun bad. of it <laughs> maybe oh, no. felt <laughs> he did tell me once that i made the team because i had put in some effort not because i was any good at it but one season that was all it took and i didn't go back
0: what high school did you attend
2: i went to el toro high school remember that uh all those YouTube videos where the skateboarders would go down the steps. Oh, really? That was my high school. Yeah, they've removed the steps for safety concerns. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they didn't like to be on YouTube. I don't know. Or there was a lot of kids There was skating. a lot of kids skating.
0: Um, did you go out? Did you go to parties? Were, were you like a, a shy person, a bookworm? Um,
2: kind of all of the above. Okay. When I was... A sophomore, I got my license, and I was the only one of my friends that drove, so we went everywhere where I could drive, um, cause I, and I got a car when I was 16, but I didn't do like the partying, hardcore partying. I went to parties, but not really, because I was an athlete, you didn't do any of the stuff that you were supposed to do at parties, I guess, so I didn't really do that, but when I was a senior, I threw a graduation party and had a couple hundred people show up to my house and, we had to call the cops nine times for them to come break up the party at my own house. And it was really fun. It was a really good party. Sounds like fun. Really fun. But that was like the only, I went to a few parties here and there, but I was a good girl most of
0: the time. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite part about high school?
2: Um, probably the socialization and the friends, playing sports, um, softball practice and and. It wasn't like it is now. You only played softball season. We didn't play year-round at that time. So that was a really big deal. And making the high school team was a really big deal. So when you were a varsity letterman and you played on the varsity team, it was, it was big. So that, I think, was probably my favorite. Winning CIF was probably my favorite.
1: CIF champion. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what got you into your love for softball? Cause you're, you're, you coach the girls softball team, right? Yes. So what got you into it? I think
2: I was seven and they sent home a flyer at school and my mom signed us up and we were able to play. It was one of the sports that she could afford for us to play. And she shoved all three of us in and I have two sisters and I just played and then I just didn't stop. I really, I loved it. I felt like I was good at it at the time. Um, it came easy to me, and so I think that that's just, and most of my friend sets were from playing sports, so I think that that's just why I stuck with it, loved it in high school, played a little bit in college, and just then realized that it was fun, not necessarily as much of a challenge as much anymore, so I think it was just the fun of it, and, and being able to be out there with friends and and uh, family, and just play, so it been a 40 some odd year <laughs> excursion, I suppose you could say.
0: <laughs> did your two sisters continue playing softball?
2: They both played in high school, but then not after that. Okay. They just kind of moved along.
0: So what did after high school look like for you? Where did you, where did you end up?
2: I ended up at Saddleback College because I lived in South Orange County. And okay. so that was uh, where if you didn't go to a four year, you went to Saddleback, that's just where you went. Um, Ended up there, ended up working a lot probably the second year I was there. Um, then started making more money and started not going to classes and started to fail out of college. Um, paid for it cash, so that was kind of a big bummer when you look back, thinking of all the money that I wasted. Not I would go to school and, and do the entire semester and then not go for my final. So it wasn't like I would drop my classes, it wasn't like I would... Just you know, fail out in the beginning of the semester. I would literally go the entire semester, and then finals came, and I wouldn't go, and then I would fail. And so I would have to take those classes over later on. I ended up taking those classes over, but just uh, joined student government. There was had a really fun time with that. As a matter of fact, I got messages yesterday from a friend that was sending us pictures from back then. They are not pretty. They're not pretty. <laughs> There's a lot of big hair, a lot of big hair, and a lot of hairspray. Spent money spent yeah. on that, um, but decided later, much later, that I needed to go back and redo those classes and and change my GPA and then get into Cal State Fullerton and just finish out what I started. So I did that. Started working. I worked at a grocery store. I worked for Albertsons. It converted to Ralph's. I made really good money. Um, I got promoted. I was a manager. It was a really fun job, especially when you're in 20s and you're hanging out with all the other managers that are 20. So it was really fun. And then Decided that normal life was more important, um, so started working for a mortgage company Monday through Friday, which was, again, a lot of fun, made a lot of money, and then life happened in 2007, meltdowns, and people were out of business and out of, out of jobs. So, Did that affect you personally? It did. My mom and my sisters and I all actually worked together, and we all got laid off within about three months of each other, so... Went for about, it was the first time I'd ever been out of a job since I was 14 and didn't have any money to pay my bills, didn't have money to pay the mortgage and car repossessions. (laughs) And just, uh, I I managed to make it about a year um, without having a job, but then that was it. So then that was my kind of driving force to finish school. I was already in school at the time that I got laid off, but I really pushed really hard to finish and get my degree. And then after that, it was kind of up in the air. So it was, it was a
0: struggle. What would you say overall your college experience was like? Um, Atypical. Uh, I don't think it usually takes
2: people 19 or 20 years to get a bachelor's degree. Uh, But, (laughs) you know, you're going to go big, go big. I, um, I wish, and I tell students this too, because I wish I would have gone away. I wish I would have packed up and got out of the house. I could have gone anywhere if I'd applied anywhere. I did really well in the SATs. My grade point average was pretty decent. I played sports. I was active. I think I could have gone anywhere and I just didn't. So I wish I would have figured out what I could have done for myself, um, how far I could have gone. I don't know, six months later, I might have moved home. Who knows? But I wish I would have taken that opportunity. Um, Cal State Fullerton was a lot of fun, but it probably would have been a lot of fun in my twenties versus late thirties would have been a lot more fun.
0: (laughs) So what did life after college look like? Where did that take you? So it took me 20 years
2: to uh, graduate from college. And shortly after that, I got married. And, um, a year after that I had a baby and a year after that I had another. And a year after that I lost my house, well, sold my house and moved out here. And so it's been a, it's been a real fast several years. Um, But it was, I don't think that, I don't think I would have been as effective as a teacher. I don't know that that would have been my path had I finished college at 22. I don't know that I would have stuck with that. My life plan when I was 15 was have a bunch of kids be a stay-at-home mom, drive them around to soccer practice. Um, And then I would be a teacher or a race car driver or a professional baseball player or, or whatever, you know? So for me, just taking the path that I did sort of has led me here, and I don't know that that would have been the case had I graduated college at 22.
0: What started you on the path to becoming a teacher?
2: Um, I worked for a mortgage company and uh, was a corporate trainer, and so I would sit and train five and 600 people at a time on our computer system on how to, how to work with customers, do customer service-based stuff. You know, data entry also, Um, all kinds of stuff. And I really enjoyed that. I liked being in front of people. I liked talking to people. I liked that interaction. I'm kind of a person that likes to know things. I don't like to have to ask questions. And um, I come across sometimes as a little harsh because I'll say, why? Or I'll ask a lot of questions of people. And it's not because I doubt what they know, but it's because I want to know more than they do. Um, and so for me, and I don't want to have to come ask you, like, I don't want to have to say, Hey, Mr. Wimpany, what do I have to do here? And then have him tell me again, cause that would just be completely devastating for me. It's embarrassing. And I feel like I just can't do that. So I think for me wanting to be in the know all the time and, and know more than the next person is, is what sort of drove me to this. Not because I know more than students, because <laughs> let's be clear, you guys probably know more than I do on a lot of different subjects but (laughs) just because I like that idea I like the idea of imparting knowledge to people of giving them something and it could be deemed as useless sometimes but I like that like hey I know something and I can share that with you so I think that that's what sort of drove me down the path. I think that it was something that I'd always thought about doing. I don't know that necessarily I thought about being an English teacher. I just thought, and initially I thought I would be an elementary school teacher, and I'm sorry, Mr. Wimpenny. until I took geometry in college and the teacher told me when I said I don't understand this, he's like, you better figure that out because second graders are learning geometry. I'm like, that's it. I'm not teaching elementary school. Because there was just no way for me to, I mean, I just didn't get it. And I worked really hard past the class. I actually got an A in the class. Not sure how, but I did. Um, but it was not something that I was comfortable with that I felt like I could sit down and teach a little kid. Um, and right now I'm homeschooling my own two kids. And math is not going very well, but um, I knew that it was something that I could be good at, that I could stand up there and be comfortable with and, and really sort of, give that knowledge to someone so that somebody else doesn't have to always ask that question.
0: What did the process of becoming a teacher look like?
2: At the time that I was back in school, um, for me, it was different probably than a lot of people because at the time I had sold my house. I was living at home with my two kids and my husband. I was living with my mom. We were in the process of finding a new place to live, so that was it. We ended up out here um in Riverside County and um it was going back to school and doing all all of my school was online so you guys are in a place now that I was a few years ago everything was done online um and I didn't I didn't know what I was doing and I felt like the first class was way above what I was ready for but I sat down and I did it and raised a 2-year-old and a 3-year-old at the time and my husband was working full time and it was a struggle, but I sat down and I did it, and it was different. It was just different. The, the idea of having to take a test or to get my work done and not spend time with my kids was harder than I expected. But I knew that if I sat down and did it, then it was something that I could be proud of, which in turn hopefully they would use as a maybe a guide or kind of as an example. So it was tough.
1: Yeah, it's it's just kind of crazy hearing you talk about that because it happened in the past. Of course, like there wasn't a crazy virus going around, but... um, Nope.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I wasn't forced to take it online. It just happened that my program and what I signed up for was online, and that worked for me because I couldn't be in the classroom for three and four hours a day four times a week with a two-year-old and a three-year-old. And let me just tell you, when you can go to school and get your degree done before you become somebody's mother or father or... Um, husband or wife I it's probably a lot better the financial constraints about going to school getting my degree getting my master's degree because I did that at the same time and raising children and not having a job and having a husband you know that wasn't that he doesn't have a college degree um, so the money wasn't great so there was a lot of additional pressure so if they can give you any, bits of wisdom, go to school right out of (laughs) high school, and don't take the 20-year plan to get your career. Just be in your career for 20 years before you, or a few before you decide to have kids and get married and take on all that adult responsibility. How did you end up here at Lakeside? I actually got really lucky and ended up here at Lakeside. I started out, um, I I did my student teaching at Talkwitz in Hemet, and then ended up with a job at Santa Rosa Academy, which is a charter school in Menifee. And uh, I loved it. I, when I, my first day there, I thought that that was going to be where I spent the rest of my career, told my husband, like, this is it. And then uh, about a year later, they came and said that I had to have a second degree and I had to get a different credential in order to keep my job there. And I said, it's not in the cards for me. I'm, It's not what I want to do. It's not what I'm supposed to do and uh, happened to have Mr. Drake, who used to be the athletic director here, called up and said, hey, have you submitted an application at Lake Elsinore? We're looking for an English teacher. And I said, I did over the summer and put in my, my application and got an interview and somehow managed to get hired. So my first day here was October of 2017 and um, <laughs> nobody knew I was supposed to be here. I didn't have keys, didn't have a classroom, didn't have a computer, but I showed up and then decided that this is where I should spend my career. We so, lucked
1: out.
0: Oh, sorry.
2: Aw, thanks. <laughs> I lucked out. I did luck out.
1: I really like it. So what was, like, your first day? Like, because you teach freshman, sophomore, English. And? English. Yeah, okay, so
2: yeah. I, ta- I teach academies, and my first day with that class, and they're all seniors now, um, and I miss everybody. I miss seeing you guys, but that class was really a hard class um they had already had subs for i think the whole entire semester so by that time i it was october um my first day was a monday and it was the week we did um i forget what it's called like they do the college and career readiness days or whatever and you guys are doing psat testing that whole so that was that week, and like I said, the principal wasn't here. Nobody knew I was coming. They didn't have keys. They had a sub already scheduled for that class, and so she luckily let me in the classroom. Was like, "Here's your class. No rosters, no attendance, no nothing." They didn't know I was coming. The kids had no idea who I was, and you know, rightfully so for them. They were all like, uh, "Who are you? Are you another sub?" You know, it's <laughs> it's hard to kind of gauge how that goes. I think within the first week, one of my classes. Uh, lit hand sanitizer on fire while they had it on their hands, awesome. um, and then shook it off onto the carpet and lit the carpet on fire, which I have never told admin. Um, oh we gosh. got the fire out, so that okay. was good. Um, one of them kicked a soccer ball into the ceiling and broke the ceiling tile. I mean, it was it was a fantastic week, and this is fun. This was super them. fun, super fun. I'm like, okay, here we go. Like, and they were freshmen, so. Um, and when they hear this, a bunch of them are going to laugh because that was it was that class. <laughs> it was that I still actually have the lighter somewhere in my desk. Oh no! At least I you took from the, can- the <laughs> Yeah, I did confiscate confiscated the lighter. It. <laughs> I didn't turn anybody in. I know that they would had problems with that class before. You know, and, and when you have subs, you guys know you never. Even I did it. You never really respected the sub a whole lot when you were in class. But well, yeah, <laughs> they consistently had subs, and so there was not a whole lot of respect, you know, for them either. That When you don't show respect, you don't give respect, yeah. so um, or you don't get respect. So um, by the time that I had walked in, I think that that was sort of a test to see, like, okay, can we either force her out or will she really stay? So it was it was a really fun class, and I, I really enjoyed them. I don't even know if all of them were still on campus, but some of them are. One of them actually texted me this morning. She's a softball player. I'll tell you later who that
1: is. <laughs>
0: Lighting hand sanitizer on fire though. That's pretty uh, creative. On
2: his hands. And I'm like, aren't you okay. in biology? Like, do you learn that in <laughs> chemistry that it's it's a flammable liquid? Like it's got alcohol base. Like, even I know that.
0: Well, we'll know if the administration listens to this podcast if they give you a call. <laughs> right. so.
2: We'll see we if like I get to, to keep my, keep my job. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's funny. And um, actually, he was in my 10th grade English class like the next year. So. Oh, sounds like fun. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> he okay. didn't light anything on fire that time. And I took all the hand sanitizer at the time out of my classroom. <laughs> so we didn't have the option to light anything like, else I'm on fire. I'm keeping this away
0: from you. Right. <laughs> Probably a smart move. <laughs> <Okay>. Right. <laughs> Um, how has Lakeside, like, changed? I know you've only been here for four years, like, as long as us seniors have been here, but how has Lakeside changed in your eyes? Um, other than the fact that nobody gets to see each other on a
2: regular basis now. Um, admin has changed completely. Uh, I think Mr. Glenn's the only one left from when I started. Um, there's been a couple of teachers that have come and gone, you know, that um, I didn't expect to ever either retire or leave. Um other than that, I think that the changes that we're discussing now, that we're trying to implement, uh, are probably the only changes that I've really seen, um, which is kind of sad, but I think that had last the end of last year not really happened, where we would have finished out the school year, I think some other changes might have gone into place. Um, but I don't know that there's a whole lot of change that I can really talk about with you guys, uh, <laughs> but... I think the people, I think in this environment especially, the the staff is kind of getting along a little bit better. I find that uh, we're a little bit more supportive, it seems, of one another, just because we're all kind of in that same boat, and as much as it's hard for you guys, which this whole distance learning, this whole not seeing each other, not socializing, especially, I think, especially for freshmen and seniors, because you guys are coming out and those guys are coming in and it's, it's a it's a tough gig it's a tough go for the teachers and for me personally like you guys i had both of you guys in classes this is the time that i want to see what you guys are doing i want you guys to come into my classroom every day and just let me know what's going on with you you know i want to hear about who's getting accepted to college or where you applied or how that senior year is panning out for you and i don't get to and you don't get to you know i uh i've been at the disneyland grad grad night every year and don't get to do that with your class your class is my class I feel like there's a there's a kinship sort of like you're my class you're the first group that I came in with I mean yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know what I'm saying like you're my babies (laughs) you're the ones that I kind of like pushed out the nest and I don't get to I don't get to see that so and I try not to make it super depressing because I feel like we have an obligation to kind of say this is okay this is this is okay. You guys are doing more than we ever did. And more than I expected of myself as a teacher because of this. And so for you to be in the places that you're in, the positive aspect of it is you're, I feel like you're going to be more prepared for life outside of high school than any other class that came before you, period. And I, I, I look forward to see what you're doing, and I'm hoping that I built enough relationships with with those of you that I have built relationships with to, you know, have you follow through and follow up and let me know how things are going. You know, you're my babies. You're those little freshmen that I was worried about when when I walked in the door that first year. I'm like, oh, boy. But look at you now. Yay. <laughs> We've progressed. <laughs> Yay. You're almost grown adults now. Crazy, right? Right?
1: I don't believe it. Shoot. I can hardly believe that I'm actually graduating this year. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. I know. I'm, just, I'm not ready for But it's been a push, yet. right? It's yeah. It's been a
2: push to get Definitely. you there and to get not just you individually, but you as a group, as a whole, and... And for me, the sad part, and I tell this to my husband all the time, we talk about it quite a bit, is that we've been saying this whole time, especially kids that struggled, at least in my classes, like, just graduate. Because once you get there, once you hit your senior year and you've got all your units and you're right on track, like, it just opens up something way bigger than you're than you're even ready for, that you even are aware of. And so for me, I feel like we told you all this, we prepared you all for this, and and then this is what you've ended up, you ended up with, you know? So I feel a little bit of guilt in that, and I feel a little sad for you. But then, like I said, at the same time, I think it's an obligation for the adults around and for parents and for staff to say, it's okay. It's going to be fine. Look at how resilient you are. Look at what you've actually come into. Look what you've actually learned versus just a little, you know, pat on the back. I don't know. I just, I feel like it's okay. You're going to be fine. It's going to suck for a little bit, but you're going to be fine. And really, when you hit your late 40s, almost 50, you're going to be like, wait, high school, what? <laughs> Tell you have to write the essay about how high school
0: was. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as like your coronavirus routine, like in your free time, if you have any, what, what does that look like for you?
2: Um, free time right now is spending life with my kids. So we initially, (laughs) we were in Hawaii before they, like the day before they shut everything down. So the panic was, I mean, I saved up for a year to do that trip. I'm like, we are going, getting on a plane, we went to Hawaii. Um, so when we got home, it was complete lockdown for my kids. And actually we were, we were a little nervous about where to go and what to do. One of us went out to do the grocery shopping like both of us didn't go switch off there was not a whole lot going on the kids did not leave the house they didn't go around people we didn't see my family even sort of loosened up over the summer um but even now they 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 don't go to the stores with us we don't go shopping we don't do the stuff that we used to do except for my kids are in sports my daughter's a gymnast my son does does gymnastics and taekwondo and they go to that And so then we go back. But they're masked and we're masked and the respect is there. And we've come across a couple of times where the gym had to be shut down because somebody came into contact with somebody and they were at the gym. So um, those are the kinds of things that we that we encounter. Our routine is sort of changed. We do a lot more cooking at home. I've not caught anything on fire recently. Um, Yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not really a great cook. I have mastered eggs uh, and slicing avocado. I'm really good at that. Congrats! Thanks. A bagel bites. Those are those are you know some <laughs> good stuff that Ruffles I have to t- <laughs> Yes, <laughs> Right. Um, so we cook a lot more at home. We spend a lot more time at home. I feel like um, some of you guys hear my stories about my son and how crazy he is a little bit at times, but he. For him, this has been really good because he's sort of mellowed out. School is still an issue. We do the homeschool routine and not not through like a district. We're actually at a homeschool program because um, I know my kids would been that kid like hanging upside down on the Zoom or, you know, clicking the buttons to do whatever to distract everybody in class. And so um, there's that. So it's still a struggle, but it's better. I think it's better. I like it. I don't mind being quarantined. I don't mind being at home. I feel like it's better
0: pre oh, uh, <laughs> COVID. What were your favorite hobbies to do outside of teaching? Well, I played softball still,
2: um, don't do that very much anymore. Um, I do, uh, I do a lot. I was doing a lot with my kids. Like I said, my daughter's a competitive gymnast. So we would spend a lot of time at the gym, um, Just going out, doing stuff with my family and friends, having dinner out all the time. We would just go do stuff. And post-COVID, it's a lot of backyard time. It's a lot of, uh, we moved recently and we're on a block with 30 other kids. So the good news is they've all been stuck at home as well. So the kids get to actually play with kids their own age on on the street. And so that's nice, but it's a lot of home time.
0: I know in the past when school was in person, um, with your many commitments and coaching softball and everything, that spending a lot of time with your kids was was a concern. With coronavirus, would you say that one of the silver linings is that you get to spend a lot more time with your kids, even though there are a lot of things that do suck. For sure, uh, and
2: sometimes that whole spending a lot of time with my kids is not so great. <laughs> um, it's a lot of, it's a lot of mommy, mommy, mommy. It's a lot of um, demand, but. I like being the mommy. I like having my kids around. I, I'm a homebody person by nature. I think I like to be home, and so it sort of slowed everything down, and I really liked that. Um, my sisters and my mom and I are all really, really close. Uh, my parents divorced when I was young, and w- my mom and my sisters and I just basically, it was the four of us for a really long time. And they've recently moved out, so my one sister is my next-door neighbor, and my mom and my other sister, sister live around the corner from us, and so I feel like that has made it even better just because we're all right there, and my kids have an experience with their cousins that I never had when I was growing up, and the aunts and uncles and, and my mom, so it's really it's been really great, and yeah, the silver lining has definitely been more time with the family. And like I said, cooking at home and not eating out all the time, and... Not putting gas in the car and <laughs> not putting wear and tear on the car. So there's a financial savings in that regard as well. How old are your kids? Nine and eight. My daughter Ainsley is nine and my son Matthew's eight.
0: And they're
1: so fun. So
2: fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you always been close with your family from a young age, or is that something that changed at any point?
2: Um I've always been close with my family. I I think I became closer to my mom as an adult. When I was a kid, I really didn't like her much. I'm fairly certain she didn't like me a whole lot. Um, so we butted heads and a, a lot of that is, I think we're similar in personality. And so I think as an adult, I got to a point where I finally just would not engage in the back and forth that she and I had, but we've become better friends as, gotten older i don't know maybe it's maturity i don't consider myself super mature but um definitely gotten closer with her my dad and i had always had a really good relationship although now it's a little bit strained. um but my sisters and i have always been really really close when we we're kids you have that sibling rivalry sometimes you still have those fights like we would get into some really knocked down drag out fights as girls even and people kind of laugh about that because. I think that when you have sisters, everybody thinks that it's pillow fights and whatever, pajama parties all the time, but it's not. <laughs> um, we can fight. <laughs> so, um, but now we're the best friends and and really just having the ability to be around them and be in their lives as much as we are and as I am with them, it's, it's really a blessing.
0: Do you see any similarities with your and your mother's relationship growing up, um, similar to your and your daughter's relationship currently? Are you two different, completely different people?
2: I think it's completely different. I do take into consideration the way that I grew up and the way that I was raised and um, the issues that my mom and I had. Um, And so, but Ainsley is just this sweet, patient, kind... Ooh, girl, that's not you. It is (laughs) not (laughs) <laughs> it's funny you're joking about it but it's the truth it's not me and it never has been I was never as as sweet and, and demure and gentle as she is I was never like that and then throw in the conflict with my mom and that just made it even worse so I think that the difference is that she's a different type of a person where my mom and I were very similar and Ainsley and I are definitely not so and she doesn't have the same interests as I do. And she doesn't have the same kind of attitude. Although let me just tell you, nine-year-old sassy is nine-year-old sassy. (laughs) I'm not looking forward to 13-year-old sassy, but um, yeah, no, it's not the same. And it took me a really long time to get to a place where I was comfortable with telling my mom. And I'm I'm literally like in my thirties or forties saying, I am not going to fight with you. I'm not engaging with you. And Ainsley is not like that. She's definitely a mommy's girl and definitely just this like I said this sweet little kind thing and <laughs> so not me
0: <laughs> so do you plan on teaching till you retire or do you have any plans after teaching
2: I think my major league baseball career has sort of <laughs> that idea is out of the picture um, and apparently pre- professional race car driving is really expensive to get into um so yes I do plan to teach till the end of my career I really I think that this is the end of my career. I always like to do different things and look for different things, but not different job opportunities. I, I'm, like I said, I'm a homebody and I like stability and there hasn't been a whole lot of that in my life. So um, the idea that this is a, a good place to be and I really enjoy what I do, it really makes a difference in the jobs. And I've had a lot of different jobs. I worked at grocery stores, I worked in retail. Um, I worked in, like I said, mortgage and Honestly, this is the job that I've never, or the career, I suppose you should say, um, that I've never hesitated getting up and going to work. I have those days, don't get me wrong. Like There's days where you're like, if it's raining outside or it's cold and you just don't want to get up because you're comfortable and cozy, those days, but it's not an, oh my God, I have to go to work. It's like, okay, what am I going to do today? You know? So, and it's different every day. It's not the same thing every day. And I I thought that I was that kind of a person that could sit and do the same job day in and day out. And yeah, this is teaching. It's still the same. You still get the same kids coming in the doors. You still start in August and end in June, but it's different every day. And I think that that's
0: more fun than anything. So do you see yourself uh, continuing your teaching career here at Lakeside? I do actually. Okay. Let's, okay. let's unless admin comes in and
2: checks the floor for fire damage. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I I think that this is this is it. The only thing that would make it different is if they maybe parked a high school right next door to me, and that's where my kids went. But we've got some time on that, and I don't know. I don't know that I would change, and I don't know. Um, I don't know that I would take my kids with me only because. And some of you guys can speak to that only because I feel like where they grow up is where their environment is. And to br- bring them where I'm working may not be fair for them. But, I mean, Violet Zavodnik did it, you know, um, Corey Ogden does it. So they're they're in a good spot. I just don't know. I would have to do some research on that and have some discussions with some of those kids to find out if it was really hard to come from a place where you didn't grow up with the kids that you went to school with. I don't know. But yeah, I plan to stay.
1: Yay! <laughs> and I don't
0: plan to give up my room. <laughs> so we'll see how long that stays. Are you still in six sixty seven? Previously six sixty six. Yeah, it's both six
2: sixty six and six sixty seven. So the the two doors I get to choose. One day could be six sixty six, depends on my mood.
0: Mm.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> <maybe. That's laughs> and good. then six sixty seven is the safer space.
0: Um, Speaking of students that go to Lakeside, we do have a couple student questions. Oh no. (laughs) Nothing too bad, nothing too bad. Um, Is anybody
2: asking for their lighter back? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Not (laughs) yet.
0: (laughs) I'll ask you after. Um, What made you want to um, pursue a career in English? I know we kind of touched on that, but like if you could just like sum up what really got you started on your career in English, what would you say?
2: I am, I'm a. I'm a decent writer. I can write. I never struggled with it. I can sit down in, in when I was a kid and I try to hesitate telling students this because I don't want you to ever do this. But I could sit down in a class before and write a five paragraph essay or a two page essay or whatever and do well with it. Like it never was an issue. Um, I love to read. I love to read. F- you know any any kind of books. I would sit down at the cereal at the table, eating cereal, reading the box of the cereal box. I could memorize that. In the shower, I would read the back of the shampoo bottles. Like I just love to read. Um, but I would rather be a history teacher. Really. I just needed a job,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
2: I took English because I was good at it. I didn't struggle with it. It was an e- it was an easy path for me. Um, taking the C sets and the C bests and all that stuff was easy. It, it wasn't a challenge, and I like it but I would rather teach history. I feel like you could have a lot more fun teaching history and no offense, no math. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Math and science (laughs) are not my forte. It's just not my thing. Um, I have actually learned a lot about math recently. I've helped a former student, a Cheyenne actually, um, with some math and we YouTube and Google everything and teaching third grade and second grade math is not super easy, Um, but I'm learning (laughs) and I'm learning that I'm not liking 10 frames at all um and then my husband was taking some crazy math class that he learned about like egyptian math and stuff that i was like why are we learning this but we learned it um but english was just i feel like it's kind of like the easy thing but i also needed a job
1: there's an Egyptian math. Oh. That's a thing. not any
2: longer. Oh. I don't think. Ask Mr. Wimpening. I'm not sure. I'm like,
1: why do they keep changing math? It so
2: was confused. really it was a struggle. It was hard, but it was not that.
1: That's for another episode. <laughs>
2: Egyptian <laughs> math. What do you do with it? Egyptian math with Mr. He, it was a it was a class that he was taking and he worked really hard and he's been he's back at school and so he's been this is his I don't know. He's finished a year almost, and straight A's except for that math class. And it was math for elementary teachers, but I'm telling you, if there's if that's the math we have to teach going forward, my kids will not take math. I don't know <laughs> what we're gonna do because we are not gonna make it. So uh, it was really, really hard. He worked really hard on that and was super proud of the C that he pulled out. So um, I'm one of the people that thinks that whatever your grade is is whatever your your capability is. If you can, I mean, that's not true. Let me rephrase that. If you are capable of A's, you should be getting A's. If you are capable of C's, you should be getting C's. And you should be proud of that. If you are capable of more, do more. He, in that math class, was not capable of more. But he was capable of pulling out a C. So now he'll be like, yeah, I have a 98 in this class. I'm not going to do that assignment. I'm like, oh, no, you are sitting down at the table (laughs) telling my 45-year-old husband sit down and do the work because he's capable of that. You know, and so I think that that's one of the things that I even told a student this yet the other day. Like, be proud. If your success is straight A's, then, then aim for that. If your success is C's because you've never gotten C's before, then get the C's. Do what your own success, not necessarily what everybody else's idea of success is. And so for junior, it's you will get A's except for that one math class. <laughs>
0: he, oh, that was me. He doesn't have, <laughs> gong. He doesn't have a, a choice in that matter. Alrighty. So uh, second question. Um, Do you like poetry? Let's see.
2: Um, I guess
0: since you're an English teacher, there is a wrong answer. There is a wrong answer. And now I'm going to see if I get to keep my room. Um, (laughs) I...
1: It's right. I I'm. Su- I don't like maths. So <laughs> Here we
2: go. I'm super immature. Let's just start there. I'm very immature, and so I like the roses are red, violets are blue poetry. I like uh, rhyming poems. I like the so like the doctor. The doctor type of stuff, stuff. Yeah. totally up my alley. Like I, like green I eggs like and ham. That.
0: one fish, two fish, <laughs> red fish, blue fish. <laughs> the
2: I will say that I have to teach the Odyssey, and as an epic poem goes, I don't see any part where that is poetry. And yes, I have to teach it. And yes, I'm supposed to be like, woohoo, the odyssey. It's not okay. No, I don't like poetry. I don't like to teach it. I don't like to read it necessarily. I like it when it rhymes. It makes it easier for me. I like that. Because it sounds (laughs) right.
1: Because it sounds
2: (laughs) right. right. And it works on my maturity level. I'm okay (laughs) with that.
0: All right. Our last question is, um, sort of along the lines of, if you like poetry, is what is your favorite work and why? Like a book, poem, whatever you want to I have a couple. Okay.
2: Um, when I was a kid, my favorite book of all time was Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. I love that book. Love that book, <laughs> right? Uh, the movie version wasn't so great, but yeah. the book is fantastic. And I still have a copy of the original copy that I had when I was a little kid. Aww. It's super torn and tattered. Um, and then I have another copy that's a hardback copy that is hidden away. I loved it, I think, because it just, I was Alexander in that. I i had really horrible, terrible, no good, very bad days a lot. And it just was like, it's going to be okay kind of a day, you know? So I really like that. And again, it's like my child, childish, immature that's my book. Makes you relatable. It makes well, okay. <laughs> um, I read The Lovely Bones recently. We were actually trying to get through that at the end of last year and didn't get through that. And I really like that. Um, I like Night. I like Teaching Night. Um, I like The Help. The Secret Life of Bees. I love. Um, I love those kinds of stories. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a reader and a passionate reader, and I like to read about real people. Um, I've read about Barbara Walters in in a book that I had to read. Same with, uh, there was a Barack Obama book that I read in one year in college. And I was like, I do not want to read another biography, like an autobiography. I just, I can't do it. And it was actually really good. Um, I'm really interested to read Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. I really want to read that. Uh, So I just, I don't know. Alexander is probably my favorite one. Um, I read a book called Eric years ago and it was about a kid who had leukemia and I literally read it in a day so it was really good so those are my those are my go-tos I think
0: okay
2: and I do reread books not just the books that I have to teach I actually <laughs> do reread books that I really like it's
0: That's- good to know you know how to
1: read I think it's a little funny like you being my English teacher because you like the reality of things I'm more on like The fantasy side of things. Really? Like, I like writing about fictional stuff. Do you? It's just, like, fairies, dragons, I don't know. Like, people that turn into, like, butterflies. I don't, like, that kind of (laughs) stuff. Like, that stuff is just, like, so out of this world that it's, like, not even real. But people want to grasp towards it. Because it's not
2: normal. Because it's not reality. Yeah. Right? And it's a way to get out of the reality. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you've just got to find that. Sometimes you just have to find whatever makes, like I said, for, for Alexander, I mean, I knew that I didn't actually, there were more times than not may not have been the sharpest tool in the shed that I fell asleep with gum in my mouth and it ended up in my hair. And I've literally probably had the same hairstyle since I was seven years old. So I have a lot of hair. There was always gum in my (laughs) hair. So I related to that. And that for me was like, okay, well, he's okay. And his day sucked, but he's okay. So I feel like Somewhere in my subconscious, that was going to be fine for me. But there are people like you, Bailey, that just, that needs that totally sca- escape from whatever the issue is. And, and I think that's important. Sometimes find that, right? Whatever that might be for you. It might be sports. It might be running. It could be just music. It could be anything. Whatever you've got to find sometimes to just manage is the important stuff. And if fantasy and nonfiction, and I mean, fiction and all of that stuff is what drives you and keeps you going, then that's the important stuff. That's good to know. And write it. You're a good writer. Thank you. You should write it. <laughs>
1: okay.
2: Uh. Rowan's a good writer, too. I don't know about Brayden, because he's not yeah, in my no, class. You
1: know, like, but. <laughs> <laughs> Athletics. Yeah, so <I> still <laughs> kept, like, a bunch of old um, assignments that... You had graded, and it's all, like, 75 out of 75. You're like, oh, my gosh, yes, I love it. It's like, (laughs) all little notes on the side. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) I still have
2: them. (laughs) Good. Keep those forever and ever. I'm teasing. (laughs) One day you're going to be like, why do I still – as a matter of fact, in the garage, I just pulled out T-shirts from high school, and I was like, why do I still have that? I'll keep it just a little bit longer. (laughs) Let's
0: put it back in the box. We'll just keep going there. Yeah, I mean, I had an essay that went to, like, the – you know those – or the imagination machine things that Um. came to – our elementary school I had one in there nice well done Brayden I was pretty decent writer you were a pretty decent writer <laughs> not, anymore. Decent not writer. anymore it was like a fictional like little kid book a boy that was as strong as an elephant or something like that
2: okay was, you could still write I could like what if you ended up being the like major author and you had an impact on a kid because you wrote about the elephant and the kid that was stronger than the elephant <sighs> that's <Wow>. crazy <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Um, We do have one more uh, student question, actually. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Why do you look so scared? I don't know. (laughs) Um, What experience during your life, if you're willing to share, do you think has changed you the most as a person or just like changed your life or your outlook on life entirely? Hmm. So I have two children,
2: two surviving children. Um, Both of my kids were twins. Uh, one of my daughter's twin uh, made it 19 weeks. We found it at 19 that she wasn't going to, or actually found at 17 she wasn't going to make it. Made it to 19 and at 23 weeks we delivered her. Um, and six days later delivered her twin. And I think that that probably had the most impact because I have a quote in my classroom that says, your start does not determine your finish. And it's a reminder to me. She's a reminder to me every single day that her start started out so tragically, traumatically and rough. Um, In case people don't know, babies are supposed to make it about 40 weeks. You are in the mother's body for 40 weeks and which equals about nine months. It doesn't really, if you think that four weeks in a month, 10 months, but whatever, we'll go with that. It's math, math. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when she was born at 24, the likelihood of her survival and viability, which is whether or not she'd be a functioning human being, was like 7%. And to see her as a thriving nine-year-old, small, but thriving, and a competitive gymnast and a hardworking, sweet kid, who has zero delay from her birth when it could have been really bad, that's the impact. That's what I look at, like, I can have a really bad day. I can really. I am my worst critic. I can. I can sit down and list out probably a thousand things that I think are wrong with me, and could not probably find one that I like about my own self. Even now, but then I take a look at her and I say, "That is, that's perfection right there. That is what we work for. She is." A shining example of what life is like and that your start does not determine your finish. Where you were, where you started, what's going on right now in your life, what started at the beginning of the school year, what ended in March, what started in March is not necessarily where it has to end. And it doesn't keep you from doing something great later on. And no matter how bad it is, it can always get better. Because the bottom is the bottom. The only way to go is up. That was deep. Yeah, <laughs> that was deep. Sometimes oh I'm God. profound. <laughs> Sometimes I'm profoundly immature. <laughs> Look at it how you want.
0: Well, it was great to have you on here with us today, and it was definitely fun hearing about all your all your stories throughout your life. Oh, <laughs> we'll definitely have to have you back on for a repeat episode.
2: Yeah, we'll figure out where the line could be,
0: <laughs> where
2: maybe after graduation we'll do a, hey, this is what, this is what's really up.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. Got it. <laughs> but yeah, it was great to hear from you, so thank you so much for coming on today.
2: I'm glad that I got to do this. You guys are great, so thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, and I'm super excited to see where you go that's a wrap wrap.
0: (laughs) make sure you guys drop us a follow on instagram and spotify at high school transcript and be sure to keep an eye out for our new episodes as they're released every wednesday and sunday see you guys next time